Hey everyone, we're back with another week of Find Your Film. We are just fresh off an interview with the Penny Black filmmakers, Joe Saunders and Alex. I'm trying to get his name, Alex Gear or Alex Greer. Let me, I'll look him up right now. Hold on. Greer. Can you guys help me out? I'm just kidding. Greer. Alex Greer. Like Judy. Uh, yep. Like, like Judy Greer. I should have asked him if he's related to what, like Judy Greer or Jane Greer from Out of the Past, but should have asked that. But anyways, we just got off with a, what, maybe... Bruce, 25, 30 minute interview, it seems, with, with those wonderful filmmakers. How did it go, Eric? What did you think? How did we do a good job? I thought it was, I thought it was great. Yes. I, I, yeah. I, I love those guys. I, I, that was really fun. And you know what? What's great about this, listeners, please go check out The Penny Black. It's available stream. Uh, it's available via rental or buying, or you can buy it. There's going to be links in our podcast descriptions. It's pretty much everywhere you can get it. We really enjoyed it because why, Bruce? Why did we like The Penny Black so much as a doc? Well, we thought it was a really interesting mystery and a very questionable in its veracity. So we had a lot of questions about what was real and what wasn't real in this documentary, which if you watch it, you probably will too. We get answers, but we're not going to tell you those answers unless you go to the other interview that we have. Oh, Bruce! Bruce is such a—he's like one of those characters from what from those Peter Strickland films. He's he he he, he tantalizes us and then he puts us. Polish in my kind. boots, and I'll give you the answer. <laughs> okay, yes, Bruce, we, we will polish your boots. That is a little also a mini plug to our recent podcast of Peter Strickland for our director's spotlight. We covered the King. The Duke, no, not the King, the Duke of Burgundy and the King of Burgundy, the Duke of Burgundy and In Fabric. That was from a couple of days ago. And also this week, we will be releasing our, check out our interviews with the Penny Black filmmakers. Really wonderful documentary. And you know what's cool about this? We're such fans of the movie. You should also check out their website as well. But we get a lot of those questions answered on our podcast. So definitely check out the, the podcast because the Penny Black is very, very interesting. And Eric, did you get all your... Yeah, you know, you start off with a big question. Did you get your a lot of your questions answered from this from this interview? Greg, I'm not a softball interview. I like to do the hard hitting questions, such as "What's your favorite movie?" and "What's it like to make an awesome movie?" <laughs> <laughs> uh, listeners, here's a I'm spoiler. a dickhead. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was I was the the proverbial dickhead who asked the favorite movie question because I'm I'm Eric Holmes is trying to be nice. No, no, we no we had to, we had to figure out what to put in the box and. Dude, there's so many things to tease about this interview. It's so good. Uh, yes. it, I'm sure Bruce has a great one to put in the box. That uh... I do. I do. I do. I can also tease it. Want me to tease the interview really quick? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Sister Christian, you're the... Okay. By the way, listeners, I just edited Bruce because he's just saying... The... See, he just saying, Sister Christian, you're the only one. It's a reference to what movie, Bruce Berkey? Oh, I don't know. Some some little movie by some guy. So, okay. Okay. A woman on roller skates. I don't know. Something that's, like that. that's not actually the right lyric. So you can keep that. You can keep that. That's yeah. uh, that's an invention really? of Bruce's. Yeah. Oh, okay. Really? Oh, okay. No, no, it's actually, that okay, part you got to block out. I got to block. By the way, Bruce and Eric really hate me because when they listen to the podcast, they see all my horrible edits that I do as Gregor Scissorhands. And uh, yeah, I'll, great I'll be editing. I'll, I'll be editing those out. But yes, yeah, Sister Christian, that is a really nice tantalizing tease from Bruce Perky. And now this week, our featured reviews. By the way, before we get to that, Perky, Texas, how was, how was your weekend watching movies? Was it really, was it really uh, enlightening? Did you, did you find, did you, was there a classic that you got? Were, were you able to see something really amazing this week? Um, yeah. Well, I mean, we had the, you know, Peter Strickland stuff. So I got a little of that under my belt, but then I also, um, and I watched a few good things here. I, I got to got to take a trip out to Texas. So uh, 
It was a surprise trip from the box. Speaking of singing, because there is a surprise trip from the box at the end of, um, um, here's a little teaser. At the end of this episode, Bruce Perky, in honor of that box movie that he's going to be reviewing, he will be singing a song in Espanol for us. Bruce knows what that reference means. You're right. You're going to sing a little Spanish song for us. I don't know if I know the best little whorehouse in Texas, but in <laughs> Spanish, but I'll try. By the way, that's a good movie. Eric Holmes, good good week of watching movies. Do you have any great movies for us? Eric, was it a great week of watching movies or just eh, meh? Uh, it was very slow movie watching week for me. I got the, I got mm. the uh, the the three we're doing. And I got a rewind. Uh, I did the uh, the Bo Burnham inside, and so we'll talk about that. And as far as Spanish songs, Para Bailar La Bamba. Okay, okay, listeners, what I just <laughs> cut out was a Richie Valens <laughs> classic called La Bamba, sung in harmony, by the way, and full note with Eric Holmes. Eric Holmes will have to sign a mega deal with uh, Richie Valens' estate before we get him on record for La Bamba. But aside from Bo Burnham Inside or this Texas thing that Bruce Quirky is alluding to and tantalizing and teasing, we are covering three movies this week, three featured movies. The first two movies is going to be, are going to be Gaia. I think that's how we pronounce it, G-A-I-A. Bruce Perky, you think it's pronounced Gaia or Gaia or Gaia? You think Gaia maybe? I've always heard it pronounced Gaia, so. Okay, Gaia. That's going to be our first movie. Our second movie is another new film called, hey, how you doing, Eric? You doing all right? You doing okay? Hey, you know, I do all right. No, I'm just, I'm just We're family right. around here, right? You know, I, love, I love you. You love me. You know, I, we're, we're the one thing I good. don't like, the one thing I don't like is Bruce, Bruce wasn't around for, for, for this movie. Maybe we're too busy in Texas, but. We make cake for everyone. Bruce, you didn't eat cake, Bruce. You yeah. didn't need cake. cake. You need to eat I, cake. I was offended. I refused to watch Old Fellas. <laughs> okay, old Fellas. So that, anyways, that is a horrible <laughs> allusion to the birthday cake, which actually deserved a much better introduction than from me Probably. and Eric. We're, we're also covering the birthday cake. And last but not least is this movie headlined by Saul Williams that all three of us have seen. It's already out on digital for you to watch. It is called Achilles Escape. The previous movies, The Bur- Birthday Cake and Gaia, will be available for viewing digital-wise, I believe, on this Friday, this week. Okay, so first off, we are going to start off with, with Gaia. I saw something out there. organism on the planet that's right here. Growing. Waiting. And it's ready to spread. She lives in the forest. Who? God. In those days, men will seek death. But will not find it. All you know is excess. The devouring and more. And more. (laughs) 
swarm of locusts swirling around the earth faster and faster, and you think you can save them? And that is your god. She was here long before the apes started dreaming of gods. And I, here's the premise of Gaia. Two, four, two park rangers, okay? Two park rangers, they're manning a drone somewhere in the forest. And there's a lot of trees. There's hardly seemingly no sense of civilization. They're just thick in the wilderness. And what happens is, well, one of the forest rangers, her drone gets lost in the forest. And she decides they're out on the lake. Or is it the river? They're out on the river. And the, the, her boss wants to keep on trudging forward but she says nope we got to find the drone the drone crashed somewhere in the forest she starts looking for the drone and she ends up getting caught in a trap okay a trap that hits her foot her foot is injured rescuing her from the trap are the people who made the trap these two survivalists a father and son okay and the whole movie the whole premise deals with her and how she lives with these two survivalists in their hut in the middle of the dense forest the only catch, though, is father and son, they're both white. They're probably, you're wondering, do they come from the city? Where do they come from? But they're all, I mean, the father's pretty emaciated, pretty skinny. The son looks actually in, in, in good health. But they're, they're living like, I guess, natives to the land. There's a whole different element to this forest. There may be a supernatural force living in the trees or whatnot. And I, I'm still trying to wonder what Gaia is. There's something about the force of nature in this movie and let me tell you something, folks, not too much of a, not too much of a spoiler, but I'm a huge mushroom guy. And I don't know, my love for mushrooms just way, I, I'm still going to eat mushrooms. I'm going to still put on my pizza and my soup and all these things. But, you know, mushrooms are a little bit, uh, they, 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 they went down a little bit of a notch overall with Gaia. Bruce Perky, your thoughts on this film? I, it's very atmospheric. It's visually rich. And I'm thinking maybe on an intellectual cerebral le- level, it might have caught your attention. Uh, maybe I, I would give this a mm, it's a mild okay sort of recommendation I think visually it is really interesting I think the um the design I'm not going to say what of but the I say the special effects design I thought was really interesting and really cool and very effective the story was kind of didn't it was kind of middle of the road for me it wasn't as creative as the look I guess I would say. I guess the story was kind of, um, I felt like it was a bit tropey. And there's some things that I, I just had a really hard time with right out of the gate, like the whole drone thing. Like, first of all, I've watched Apocalypse Now and I've watched Deliverance. And I know you don't get out of the boat when you're on a river like that. And that's the first thing they do in this movie. After their drone has literally stood in front of some creepy guy that knocked it out of the sky and she saw it because it had a camera that she could watch. And I'm like, that right out of the gate kind of, threw me out of it a little bit because I'm like why in the heck is she going for that drone when she some saw some weirdo guy just take it and knock it out of the sky so whatever but the story yeah the story was a little bit hokey to me but there was enough good things I guess I could recommend it slightly I don't have a lot more to say about it it wasn't really super impactful to me Eric Holmes do you agree with this not super impactful mild and Um, before you give your answer Eric Holmes just remember in this world there are quote vermin children surviving on the scraps of a decaying world that's issued by one of the survivalists the father that's just not me i wish i wrote that is 
what do you think? Is, is Gaia filled with vermin children surviving on the scraps of a decaying say, world? Or say, say that last part again exactly how you said it. <laughs> vermin children surviving on the scraps of a decaying world. Okay, that was better than the whole movie right there. That was better than the movie. <laughs> okay. Um, well, f- first of all, I do agree with uh, Bruce. The uh, the beginning was pretty ridiculous. But, I, you know, you, you got you got to get in the jungle and for the movie to happen. So I just kind of let that go. After that, I'm kind of on the other side of the, uh, you know, complete opposite of uh, Bruce. I, I really like this. Same here. Might might have been uh, might have been the uh, mood I was in or something. Um, Were you taking I, mushrooms? Were you on shrooms? No, did, no. Did, and actually, I I do uh, eat mushrooms a lot, like uh, cook them. Um, okay. And I'm like, oh, I could have so easily been cooking mushrooms tonight. Just, like, cause sometimes I'll cook and I'll eat. You know, we'll, we'll watch the screen and so I'll just be eating whatever. It, it's very likely I could have been eating mushrooms while watching this. I'd be like, nope. <laughs> Put that fucker back. <laughs> I'll, I'll just go with the things I didn't like first because there's not there's not much of it. But, so there's the, the opening um, was kind of ridiculous, but I, I you know I just kind of let that be. And there's a part towards not towards the end, but kind of getting there where the the emaciated guy they say he's a fun guy, but I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> just had to get that away. Um, but uh, he kind of uh, had this whole diatribe. And I kind of, I kind of wish they would have leaned into that more, like kind of earned that moment a little more. So that part, it, it it worked for me in that I understood that the character is kind of, you know, a little loopy. So it would make sense they would say something like that. But that that part didn't really work for me. Uh, what did work for me was the rest of the movie. You know, it was a kind of like a oh, shoot. What am I think? Kind uh atmospheric immersive or not like midsummer but midsummer adjacent where folk horror kind of stuff going on sort of yeah yeah there's like i i think there's more going on but like midsummer you can see it as the movie that's in front of you without digging too deep into it or you can dig deeper into it and it means something completely different or you know it's got a different level to it and I think this one has some of that, although I don't think it's as good as Midsummer. You know, I, I, I did get kind of like a, especially like all the dream sequences, which are awesome. The dream oh, sequences I, are really awesome. That last um, dream sequence is amazing. The, the camera work is fantastic. The special effects are really good. And like uh, the, there's even parts where they kind of looks a little fake, but it's almost like it's a stylistic choice when yeah. it does look fake. And you know uh small movies like this that's kind of like when you're as effects heavy as this movie is that's usually where movies like this fail and i yeah. i thought it just kind of nailed it especially like with the uh they they would hit the thing and like the sports would go out and it's just these little tiny like uh, i think why the effects work as well as they did is that they they weren't afraid to be subtle with it because mm-hmm. usually if you have a effects you have the thing right up there and it, you know it's it's right up front and center in the camera and and the effect is going and you're looking right at it and you can see all the flaws you know uh, even if you don't recognize them y- your brain kind of tells you when something's off but the, this did the thing where like a lot of the uh effects were kind of um 
that they were just real subtle and kind of out of the way or kind of yeah the the effects in this were great they had some practical ones the cgi but both of them worked together wonderfully and all the dream sequences that yeah this this has hit me just right other than those two things i mentioned right off the top that i didn't like everything else just kind of worked for me Everything else worked for me as well, except one thing. And I'll, I'll get to that in a second. Monique Rockman, she's the main actress. She's the headliner. She plays Gabby. She plays, she's very good. She plays a forest ranger who goes into the jungle, goes into the forest to try to explore. And then she actually starts developing a bond with the son. And she's trying her best to understand the father. So in, in many ways, this movie is a three-hander. And it deals with the, I guess, if you really want it, like you were saying, Eric, this movie has different layers. If you want to talk about nature versus nurture, civilization in the cities, as opposed to life in life among nature. Uh, are we interlopers? Are we intruders in mother nature? Does, does nature really want us in her embrace or not? What happens when we're out there? I think the director, Jaco, Jaco Bauer, J-A-C-O Bauer, I know that I'm really excited to see Bauer's next film. This is a very visually atmospheric and alluring film. And again, Monique Ro- Rockman, she's very, very good in this movie. What's interesting about this movie is you think it's going to go one way towards the end because you want, as a viewer, you want Gabby to understand the father and son and you want her maybe to get back into civilization. So you think the average story is going to get to that level, but it goes a a different direction. And then it goes another direction regarding what happens with the father and son. And then it goes in in an entirely different direction with the father and, and son dynamic. And then my only complaint with this Okay, and this is just a minor complaint. The final shot of the movie, which I'm not going to give too much away, it's so overly nailing. It nails everything on the head that the rest of the movie is so subtle. I did not need that final shot of my. I'm like I can't say. I was going to make a joke, but I can't say. As as a as a rotund Asian American, I, I took offense to the final shot and I, I, it was just too obvious. Bruce, you know what I'm talking about with the final shot and where that, yeah. we didn't need it, but that's just a minor quibble overall. High marks, saw, high, saw, pretty much high marks for me regarding this movie. But Bruce, you, you thought that didn't work for you, the, the wrap up? Yeah, the wrap up didn't work for me. I mean, because I wasn't really on board for the whole off the grid, crazy people in the forest part of it anyway. That part just was like, to me seemed really like I've seen this so many times before and it's the least interesting part to me. And it's the part we focused on about half the time. Whereas the effect stuff, I agree totally with Eric and you guys. I love the effect stuff, really creative, really cool. And I love that world building. And I love the idea of what was happening naturally in the area around them. I just didn't like, I wasn't interested in those characters at all. I'd, I've you, seen that before. You don't, like, you don't like watching the guy hump the tree? I saw Antichrist. It was much better in that movie. I mean, Antichrist. Oof, this would be a great double feature with Antichrist. <laughs> it wouldn't be bad. I, but I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I, I can't do that right now. I just stop, wanted stop a little the podcast more. I'm yeah. doing. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted a little more, like something a little more interesting. Honestly, I would have liked to have just seen our new characters or whatever, just in that world, having to figure out what's happening and just deal with it and not have this other human aspect in there because it wasn't very compelling to me. But hey, I'm glad you guys liked it because yeah, really I picked it, it and I felt bad that I was going to pick it. Mm-hmm. You didn't um, I, I did want to uh, add to the, the last shot without you know saying what it right. is. The, the movie ends and then it has the title and then there's the not post-credit sequence because it's just 
they do right. the title and then they kind of do the what, what would you call that an epilogue like i guess an afterward yeah that yeah i thought that was so, interesting like that yeah so the, yeah. so the the epilogue kind of you know that that part that you pointed out that you didn't like i kind of needed that oh okay because because the epilogue's like okay okay this is happening i get that and then that thing that little that very last thing that happens I kind of needed that because that, at least to me, kind of reminded me a lot of uh, Deus Ex Machina or uh, yeah. Ex Machina, mm-hmm. the uh, Alec Garland, Alex Garland movie. It kind of suggests, I don't know what I can say about it. It suggests things that happen that I wasn't necessarily thinking about until I saw that thing. I'm like, oh, okay, that's what's going on. And then, but again... I've been known to be dumb sometimes. And you know, in fairness, sometimes no, spoon feeding me look, is always a good thing. You and I totally, you, you and I disagree regarding the, the ending shot. I think, but the bottom line is what's interesting though, is there, and, and Bruce, you, 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 uh, you didn't like the ending as, as well because, or, you know, bottom line is that final shot or those final moments, you can unpack it. It's, it's something that people can talk about yeah. and have different interpretations, which I think in essence is good. Whether you think it works or not, I think it's good. Uh, regard, so that is, Gaia, I believe, solid recommend from Eric, right? Yeah. Um, and also to Bruce's point, once she's off the boat, kind of give it about 15, 20 minutes there. And if you're on board, it's just going to get crazier and you'd probably like it more. Or you might be like Bruce where it's like, nope, not doing it. You know, but uh, uh, for me, this is a really strong recommend because I, I love this oh, movie. Very cool. uh, but I, I, again, I can also see, I can see Bruce's uh, criticisms on it as well. Yeah, you know, I strong recommend for me, but I'm I'm not gonna. I am unfortunately part of fast food nation. Let's just say that I am part of fast food nation. I'm I'm gonna leave it there. And at least Bruce, with your, you know, you had some uh, quibbles with this. It's at least a slight recommendation regarding the yeah. aesthetic of it. Yeah, I love the aesthetic and I love the world building outside of the human stuff. And if people like the human stuff, they're gonna love this movie and they still might enjoy it a fair amount even without that. So. You know what? You know what, though, Bruce. Thing about you, though, is thing about you that I really don't enjoy is once in a while when Eric and I have our yearly birthdays, you don't come for the cake. You never, you never come. You never blow out the candles. You never come and see us. And do you have a problem with that, Eric? Because I do. I have a little bit of a problem. I think you need to get some cake, Bruce. I love you, Bruce. Just come on, get some cake. I, I okay. heard Harry Hole was going to be there, and I was out. Harry Hole is going to be there. I'm not going to be. Missed. So this is this is the birthday cake. Okay, it's in theaters and on demand Friday. It's directed by Jimmy Giannopoulos, written by Jimmy Giannopoulos, Dom Diomedes, Raul Bermudez, and Shiloh Fernandez, or Shiloh Fernandez. Shiloh Fernandez is the lead in the birthday cake. Okay, he plays this just normal dude i mean he's well he's a nice guy he has a good heart the problem is he grew up in a crime family and what happens when you grow grow up in a crime family family your life is probably going to be it's going to be tragic i mean and you know bottom line is the thing about the birthday cake is it has just a huge list of okay here's a go here's the names we're going to run a whole list of all the cast members in a second but Shiloh Fernandez plays Gio, and Gio is the son of a, his late father was a criminal, grew up in a family of criminals in New York. Okay, now, Gio, what happens is every single year to commemorate the death of his father, Gio is supposed to bring a birthday cake to his uncles and relatives, and they celebrate at his uncle and 
Uncle Angelo's house. Uncle Angelo is pretty much the mob boss, the leader of this crime family. So every year he goes to Uncle, by the way, Uncle Angelo is played by Val Kilmer. And that is the the whole premise of the birthday cake. On on the 10-year anniversary of his father's death, Gio brings a birthday cake made by his mom. His mom is Sophia, played by Lorraine Bracco. Okay, Lorraine, you mentioned Goodfellas. <laughs> and so, by the way, this has an, just an amazing, amazing cast, okay? So this, this time out, in the 10-year anniversary of, of his father's death, when Gio comes over to Uncle Angelo's house, maybe things might not go as planned. It might not just be your average celebration. So the entire movie deals with Gio actually walking, traveling from one place to to next with the ultimate destination being Uncle Angelo's house. That is a, it's a more of a, it's a coming of age drama with mob influences and violence and et cetera, et cetera. I'm just going to read a laundry list of the actors involved along with Shiloh. By the way, he's very good in this movie. Ewan McGregor, he plays a priest. Val Kilmer, aforementioned Val Kilmer. We mentioned Lorraine Bracco. Bruce Berkey, you, you were talking about Boogie Nights. William Fickner is in this movie. He plays Uncle Ricardo. Uncle Ricardo is actually a cop. Yes, I Eric Holmes. I don't think William Fickner is in Boogie Nights. Oh, my bad. I, oh, I thought he was in so. Oh, my fault. He was... But he is, in, the, he is in this. Okay, he's in this. He's. I was thinking of William Fickner in Go. That's it. Yeah. My fault, folks. Regarding the Boogie Nights reference, William Fickner, Ashley Benson from Pretty Little Liars, Penn, Penn uh, Badgley from Gossip Girl, and you is in this. Aldous Hodge, Jeremy Allen White, Louise Guzman's in this. John Magaro, Emery Cohen, so many Paul Sor- Paul freaking Sorvino. There's a lot. And if you if you're a fan of Sor- of Sopranos, you're gonna see a couple of the actors. We we already mentioned Lorraine Bracco. Just a laundry list of really good actors in, involved in this movie. It's an indie film. Eric Holmes, you and I saw it. What were your thoughts regarding the overall entertainment value behind the birthday cake? So in the uh, mid nineties, when Quentin Tarantino was uh, kind of you know becoming a thing you hear a lot it it, ever since then you hear a lot of uh critics talking about the post tarantino oh it's uh the uh tarantino ripoff you know and usually kind of shit on them i mean the the more popular ones are boondock saints maybe suicide king stuff like that this is one of those type of movies like 25 years later and i i kind of liked it I, I didn't love this movie, but it, it was pretty fun. It's just a pretty simple, simple story. A guy trying to get the cake to his, uh, uh, was it uh, Val Kilmer's birthday yeah. party? Mm-hmm. Trying to get a cake there. And then the stuff that happens on the way there. So the, the plot's kind of fun. There's there's a bunch of really cool scenes in this. I want to touch on Val Kilmer just because he's got the tracheotomy. So they got to mm-hmm. do subtitles. And I thought that was a character. And I looked it up and I guess he actually yeah that's that's for it's real which is mm-hmm. uh it, it's sad but it's also kind of heartening uh you know it, it, it's sad that you know he kind of i guess he got throat cancer and but i mean he, it's, he's, it's, he's still with us so yeah. it, there's a little uh this is not necessarily the movie's fault but just the fact that val kilmer's still there and uh still acting and still doing his thing kind of got a little charge out of that and that that made me smile a little bit yeah it, it, it's not it's not like the best version of this movie but it's still pretty fun and the 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 the, the plot's fun enough and watching all the all the different actors pop in and out and uh the ending <laughs> I, I i think the ending was probably my favorite part of the this whole movie it has a very good slam bang yeah slam bang slam bam third act and it really it really merits it 
Charlotte Fernandez, I remember several years ago, he started a movie with Emil Hirsch called Peel and it had a very emotional, I think he played Peel's brother and, and it was a very emotional scene. And I remember watching that and I was thinking, I haven't seen Charlotte Fernandez in the remake of The Evil Dead in 2013, but I definitely want to see him in a lead role. And well, he's one of the co-writers and he's the lead in this. He's pretty good at, in this movie as the as the guy, as Gio is a guy. He's not your stereotypical guy, stereotypical dude who's really a crime guy. He doesn't want to be involved in the business whatsoever. He's sort of the, the meek, good-hearted kid around the block. And it's really interesting to see how he handles the violence and the corruption and the tragedy around him. I, I thought he was pretty good as a, the stereotypical cipher who just weaves his way through this narrative. And then as Eric was saying, the final the final moments of this movie really does pay off. In fairness to this movie though, it's it's going up against, like you were saying, the Tarantino films from 25 years ago, even longer than that. If you're a fan of Scorsese's Mean Streets, it has some of those echoes as well. And, or yeah. even De Niro's A Bronx Tale. It, 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 if you're a fan of any of those movies, this is worth just to watch, just just to watch, check it out. It's good enough to merit your time, in my opinion. I, I would say, I would say, if this movie came out around the same time as, let's say, Boondock Saints, this would probably be on that sort of level. Yeah, I, I, I think. But I mean, you know, this is 25 years later, so maybe maybe it won't kind of hit people the same way that Boondock Saints did. But I, I think it, I think it's just as good and just as fun. Um, now, I, maybe you agree, disagree with me, Eric. But look, the movie has so many people you've recognized in cinema before. I thought the movie was, to be honest, I thought the movie had a good enough story where you didn't have to have all of those recognizable faces every single second. So, no, no but I mean, if you're going to go to a uh, if you're going to go to a fun amusement park and they're going to keep handing you beers every ten minutes, I'm not going to say no. And Eric Holmes correctly rebuts me regarding my birthday cake thing. Anonymous actors versus people you know and love, probably Eric Holmes. I know definitely Eric Holmes wins that round. So if you want to see people on the birthday cake, these candles that you're going to blow out, you're going to recognize pretty much every single candle, aka character in the birthday cake. And again, Charlotte Fernandez is pretty good in this movie. This gets a, a pretty solid recommend from me, slight recommend from you, from you, Eric. Or- yeah. Yeah. It, it, if you're into the, the kind of movies that we mentioned, uh, I, I would give this a shot. Like if you're one of the people that, that seen something like suicide Kings or boondock saints, and you just kind of roll your eyes at it. This is not up. This is not going to be for you. Or me, or then again, I mean, Val Kilmer's in it and he's still with us. So uh, take, yeah. take solace in that. Happy to see Val still still doing it. And if you and if you're a fan of Paul Sorvino, he has pretty much a relative cameo in this movie. But it's it's still worth watching seeing Paul Sorvino work, no matter how little of a cameo it is. Again, that is the birthday cake. It is tabbed a mob crime drama. It is in theaters and on demand June 18th. So those are the movies that are coming out June 8th. The June 18th. That is the birthday cake and Gaia. And now our third movie actually came out last week. We received the links a little bit late. That is my fault. But that was it was going to be our backup in case we didn't get any movies this week. We got those two movies. But again, Eric and Bruce are doing all of the all of that extra credit. So I had to ta- I decided to tag along and we all decided to watch Achilles Escape. It is written and directed by Charles Officer and it features an original score by Saul Williams. Saul Williams is the is the headliner of Achilles Escape. He plays a I don't know, Bruce, he's a marijuana entrepreneur or something like that, cannabis entrepreneur. 
He's been actually operating that for, for years. But now here's the thing. With Achilles, Achilles a little bit frustrated because for years he was operating a pretty good crime business because marijuana was illegal. He was making money. He was he was actually making money for some for this person called the Greek, and she is his boss. She's making money for him. She's working, he's making money for his business partner, who's played by Com Fiore. By the way, our podcast should be called the Com, <laughs> Com Fiore podcast because we seem to actually review every single movie that Com Fiore does. Bruce Barrett, by the way, pointed that out. But yeah, he's making money. But the problem is marijuana is now a legal business. And Akila, he's lived a life of crime and he's indoctrinated into this way of doing business. That now when marijuana is getting legal and his business can become pretty much his his earnings could could double, triple, quadruple fold, whatever, he doesn't want to be the next Starbucks. He he's he has enough money, he just wants to leave the scene. But unfortunately, what happens on one of his drops at night, there is a drop or exchange gone wrong, and he is he and his business partners or or colleagues they are robbed. And there is a killing that takes place, and what happens is Akila is left with one of the one of the uh, robbers, and one of those one of those robbers is actually a kid. Yeah, the boy is named Shepard, and the rest of the movie has Akila trying to get Shepard to actually give him the names of the people involved in this crime, and that is it. That is the entire premise of Akila's escape. What's interesting is the same. The movie cuts back and forth with Akila. You see Akila as a kid. How we how we got into crime. You also see that what's interesting is Akila as a youth, and Shepard, the, the the new boy Shepard, is played by the same actor, who, and it's very very well done as far as the juxtaposing of both the past and the present. Bruce Perky, your overall thoughts regarding Akila's escape? Um, overall, I I really like this movie. I think I mean, there's a few weaknesses. It's it's really low budget, and you've got a few a few rough edges. Uh, some of the actors aren't wide up to the level of some of the other actors but uh, it's a kind of a minor quibble because i think there's enough interesting stuff going on here that i was i was on board um especially uh saul williams as a killer i mean he has to kind of hold everything together in this movie and he is really good i think in this movie and he has he has a really interesting um persona which i could see this character and this actor now maybe, but especially like 20, 30 years ago, I could see a franchise being built around this guy because he, I really, I really like kind of his style because he has this weird kind of combination of thoughtfulness. He, he feels like someone who's been in it long enough that he's kind of balanced now, but he keeps getting pushed. And I love those kind of characters that keep getting pushed. And you know, as you see his past and his present kind of interacting, you know that when he is pushed, He's a dangerous guy, but he's a quiet guy most of the time. But when he's not a quiet guy, he's a dangerous guy. And I yeah. really like that balance. Um, plus, you talked about the soundtrack. There's some really good stuff on the soundtrack. He does this one song. Mm-hmm. I didn't know it was him at the beginning of this movie. And it's called Skin of a Drum. It's one of the first songs in this movie. And I look, went back and looked it up. He's got a whole album he did with Trent Reznor. I don't know, back in the early thousands. And you should wow. look it up. It's amazing. It's that's really good. Uh, anyway, that's kind of beside the point. I would recommend this movie, I think. And also, let's talk about it. So it's got the, the back and forth, him kind of rising through the ranks in Jamaica, kind of becoming almost, it's almost like a child soldier, almost more than a gang member. It's almost like watching a child soldier get, you know, kind of indoctrinated. And at the same time, you have the current situation going on. And the current situation is one of those, a night in the life of kind of movies. I think right. it all takes place in one night. And I love that kind of thing when it's done right. So 
overall, this is a really pretty strong recommend for me. I, I think this is this is a really good low budget crime drama that has some heart to it and has a lot more depth than I was expecting out of it. And by the end of it, I thought it was I thought it was pretty damn good. Yeah, I agree. And I want to co-sign regarding Saul Williams' performance also. Let's also mention Thamela Mupi Mupi wait. Pumiwana. Let's just say Pumiwana. Yeah, I didn't even try it. <laughs> plays again, like I said, he plays Shepard and Young Akila, and he is fantastic in this movie. I actually said it is it is headlined by Saul Williams, but Thamela has a really big part in this movie. There's a lot of stuff that going goes on, but the movie really cent, centers on these two actors and their 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 talent. Really well done. Eric Holmes, your thoughts. Hated it. Kidding. <laughs> this movie's good. <laughs> um, I guess uh, the just like a you know, just like with the last one, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about what I didn't like first because there's not much. The, it, it does the music video thing where I like it played. Like, don't get me wrong. The music's awesome. Uh, I don't know if they played any Bouju Bon Tom, but I would have liked to hear Murderer or Love Sponge, you know, thrown in there somewhere. But uh, regardless, it, it did that thing where like it kind of like kind of plays out the whole song and kind of plays like a you know so so when it gets to that and there's not much happening it's like okay i you know i can go get a drink or i can go take a pee real quick because they're going to play this whole song all the way through and nothing's going to happen and that that's kind of early on so they they get past that other than that uh this is kind of similar to the birthday cake in that um Mm. like with the birthday cake is the italian mob maybe you're thinking Oh, I've seen that movie a thousand times. I don't need to see another mob movie. This is, but this this kind of kind of pushes those same buttons. But this is like a Jamaican uh, weed dealer. But it, it, it's kind of it, it kind of plays in that same sort of area. And I I definitely co-sign on the uh, the main actor. What, what's his name? Saul Williams. Saul Williams. He's yeah. really good. And good. if if Liam Neeson ever retires, just let him do taking movies cuz this guy is like he's got he's got that he's got that thing where uh I, I I can't even really describe it. Bruce probably did a better job than I did, but where like uh you you can see him be a badass, but he can also like he can also like bring some real emotion almost by saying nothing i i would love to see more movies with this guy especially more action movies i mean he he could definitely do drama but like you could you know you could have akila's escape on a plane akila's escape on the building (laughs) akila's escape anywhere and i I, i'm there for it you're talking about what you're just talking about i'll talk about an early scene it doesn't really say it doesn't tell anyone anything but there's a scene where akila early on is on his knees and he has a gun in his face and just the way he plays that, like a, d- a different actor doing it, it could have been a really bland or normal scene, but he plays it in a way that just not only increases the tension, but you're like, oh man, it's just something's going to happen. Something's going to happen. You're waiting and you know he's got, and you haven't seen him do anything up to this point. Nothing except drive around his car. Like you said, like a music video, you see him drive around his car, build a birdhouse, whatever that is, you know, it's like, so you don't have any reason to believe it, but it's just the way he acts and he can give the expression. And he just, he has that maturity that, makes you really trust that he knows what he can do and you just go with it i think i'm I'm waiting for i'm hoping praying for the day even though praying didn't do anything but i really want the day to come where uh saul williams does so many action movies that i get sick of him that's how that's how (laughs) much i want to see him just start doing action movies 
He's very good. And look, credit goes to Charles Officer. He co-wrote this with Wendy Motion Brathwaite, and he directed it. Charles Officer directed it. This movie, towards the end, the director, Officer, he could have actually made this very saccharine and very heavy-handed, and he decided to pull things back. Did you guys like that? The fact that he didn't go overboard with the emotional fireworks and wrapping everything up in a nice little bow, that kind of crap. I did. I liked how he played it out. I there's a there's a I'll just say there's a standoff of some sort that plays out differently than I thought it would. And there's a scene after that that played out differently than I thought it would too. Um I thought it yeah. was pretty subtle and and well done for the kind of movie it is. I mean, it gives you the action and it, and it does some things that are pretty straightforward, but it stays subtler than it needed to be and I think that's appreciated. The, 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 oh, this movie this movie also has like a a, a little bit of romance too. The kind of works in this movie and it shouldn't like usually that sort of thing is just like tagged on. It's like, okay, let's move past this. But like uh, in this movie, I'm like, oh, oh, we we can stay here for a bit. I'm cool with that. By the way, there could be another movie. I I just want Akila, just a prequel of Akila's Escape where it's just Akila beating up that guy incessantly over the years that he there's a by the way listeners there's a, a person who's an enforcer he's the enforcer of the boss the mob boss aka the greek there should be movies with a killer just beating him up in previous yeah. iterations <laughs> so having them having like a hope and crosby i hate you kind of but i, I need you with kind of relationship <laughs> so is the yeah. uh, uh what, what was it her son or her nephew i think it's what, uh, what are you doing with my nephew? <laughs> Funny you should mention that. <laughs> I, I won't say anymore because that'd be spoilers. But yeah, that that that, that was a, that was a really good scene. <laughs> so okay, so that is Achilles' escape. As of this recording, it said it's in theaters, but most of you will check it out. Probably it's available right now in in all digital platforms. So check out Achilles' escape. Before we end on that, Eric, you're very good at, at warnings and caveats and everything like that. For people who are really deep into crime dramas do is there a warning in this goes to you you bruce that this movie has a lot of heart and a lot of drama do you think people who are expecting just your your crime violent movie should steer clear from this you know what i'm saying that kind of thing like i mean or or no is that i i i would i would think um you you would know pretty quick what you're getting into with this one um I mean, as far as like uh, crime, like movies of this type, much like the birthday cake, this one's kind of rough around the edges. But it, it kind of sort of works for this. Um, I I don't really have any sort of caveats on this one. Okay, to me, but- I would I would say if you like that '70s style, a set like a '70s style like action movie, I think it fits into that really well. I think it's a little less. It's a little. Less, it's not John Wick. This is not really flashy, super stylized. This is more, you've got a character, you're with him, and you're going to get to know him and why he does what he does. But when he wants to kick ass, he will kick ass. So, If you hate Jamaicans, <laughs> you will not like this movie. Yeah, very funny. <laughs> or Colm Fiore, if you hate him. You won't if like you hate Colm Fiore and Jamaicans, don't see Killers Escape. But other than that, all three of us gave it solid to even strong recommends. All, bottom line, all three of us recommend Achilles Escape again in theaters, but most of you will see it on digital. We do have a movie rewind this week, and that is courtesy of Eric Holmes. I think Bruce Porky was talking about espousing the intelligence and the awesomeness of Bo Burnham. Inside and Eric Holmes, do you co-sign on Bruce Perky's previous review of this? 
I guess Netflix um, was it a movie or doc or what is it whatever whatever that is. I, I, think, I would actually kind of call this a like musical. I guess mm-hmm. I, I was listening to Film Vault and Anderson called it a musical. I'm like, and I hadn't watched it at that point, but after watching it, yeah, this, uh, I mean, this definitely qualifies. This uh, well, first of all, uh, comedy music is usually the bane of my existence <laughs> i usually absolutely hate it wait you don't but love weird al weird al yankovic no weird weird al is serious stuff okay weird al is not comedy weird al is serious music <laughs> okay good good yeah <laughs> but uh but uh bo burnham takes a page from uh uh trey parker by look uh, the the song can be funny and usually the lyrics aren't they're kind of amusing so you have to have the song be catchy and Bo Burnham nails that like it, every song is like I, I could imagine you know uh, someone just like just playing the song you know without without the context of uh of this uh musical documentary or whatever so so that works um as a full piece I, I was getting kind of frustrated a little bit because he has he has like really he has really good ideas and you can tell he has real frustrations that he wants to kind of uh, express. And then a lot of times he'll kind of, uh, I don't think he seems confident enough in him. Almost like he's like, I'm saying this thing, but then I'm going to do this joke to kind of pair it back. It's like, no, no, you got a, you got a good point. Let's let, so the whole time I'm watching this, I'm like, I just, I just want to hear Will Burnham talk. Like just like I listen to him talking on podcasts and get those ideas out of him. Um, then then it kept going, and he seemed to get more confident. So it was almost like uh, it was almost like you're watching him grow in his art as you're watching as you're watching the the musical. And so <laughs> this is weird to say because all my problems with it were kind of slowly fading away as it went on almost like almost like we're watching you know someone just you know kind of mature as it goes on and then it gets to the very last moment of it i'm like oh here we go here we go he's gonna he's gonna do that thing that i know he's gonna do and he's gonna bug the shit out of me and then he didn't i was like good job good job <laughs> perfect dismount i think i think he has uh more growing to do i really want to see him do something earnest uh, because I, I i you know again he's got he's got a lot of ideas in him i would like to see him kind of uh kind of grow in his confidence and be able to say his ideas and express those without having to feel like he needs to what's for kind of like defend them before it comes out you you know what i'm saying um but as it is this is uh this is you know he's very charming he's very funny very talented and i'm glad i saw this and i can't wait to see the next one i just i I just hope he knocks out of the park even harder next time okay so that is bo burnham inside bruce park you recommended it i think a previous week or a couple weeks ago and Strong recommend from Eric Holmes. And it sounds like you're, you know, it's interesting. I like the way you reviewed it. It's like, it's, he's, it seems like he's workshopping the material and the more he workshops it, it's getting better yeah. as the whole thing. And, and I, I think that was kind of the, I think that was kind of the, uh, the whole point of it mm-hmm. or the, the whole theme of it was him. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. 
and then you know anyway yeah yeah this is really good and lots of people talked about it lots of people praised it and they're all correct yeah (laughs) (laughs) and they're all and they're all correct okay so that is eric holmes's rewind of the week and now we're going to go to the bruce perky double segment first off bruce perky has a recommend i think he's recommending for some reason he's recommending an elemental. I don't know no, what this is. I'm not is. going to. I'm not going to recommend the elemental. I'm going to just oh. do. I'm just going to do Catalan Varga. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. changing it up. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to. I'm going to reduce it down a little bit. Don't you um, dare penny black me, Bruce Perky, <laughs> you son of a. Okay, so Catalan Varga. This is the first feature, I believe, from Peter Strickland. No. Yep. It's the first okay. feature by Peter Strickland. I thought, what? You know what? We never got to talk about it. I'll talk about it a little bit because it's probably the least seen of his movies. And hey, it gives you a chance to go back and listen to the rest of our special episode on Peter Strickland, what we talked about in Fabric and the Duke of Burgundy. So, Catalan Varga, 2009. Another reason I want to mention it, we talk a lot about physical media and the lack of ability to find a movie. And if you look up Catalan Varga, you will not find it streaming anywhere. You will not find it able to be streamed anywhere to rent you will not be able to buy a non-European version of the DVD. So I'm not going to say it's true, but there may be something on a certain streaming platform that you might be able to find where you can actually watch this movie that should be available to watch. So that's what I'm saying. So anyway, this is um, a really cool movie. And for a first movie, it's very interesting. It basically starts out with um, Catalan, played by Hilda Peter, Peter. And she's, she's, uh, she's in the Carpathian Mountains. So out in the countryside, Transylvania, I guess, is where it is. It's where it really is. They filmed it all there. He basically took his inheritance of, what, 25,000 pounds and went there and paid the crew everything for like a 17-day shoot, and they did the whole thing there. He, uh, so she's walking her bike down a country road, and one of her friends stops her and says, at the name of her husband, she says, he has found out. She goes, how did he find out? I don't know. He found out. She goes home. He said, he's really upset with her. You think that maybe he found out about an affair or something. And he is not understanding of what she's going through. And he tells her and her bastard child to get out of the house. So she takes her son, Orban. And they go off on a, um, like a horse-drawn cart. And she goes off to the town towards the people who caused the event that has shamed her 11 years earlier. And that's the beginning of the movie. She is on this road trip slash quest essentially to get revenge, but it doesn't quite play out in any way, like a standard revenge kind of story. And it's very interesting and um, very grounded, but there are shades of Strickland in here. There are moments with the sound design where he does some really interesting things. Uh, and he gets the most out of the setting. And the when she finally meets the person she's trying to confront, there is a confrontation between that person that is quite amazing and really impactful and quite stunning for a first director's. It's quiet and stunning and amazing. That's well, all I will say. Well, this sounds like a very strong Eric did anyone take their hair off in this one? <laughs> There's no hair. This is the so we'll take it. This is the least stylized, the least weird, the least strange. There's no mannequins. There's no. So there's now, no... so now I ask, 
Was this even a Peter Strickland movie? It is. I don't think it is. There's a few moments where you'll know. It's, uh, once again, like we talked about his ethos, which is kind of taking um, really traditional, kind of almost tropey genre kind of stories and mix, you know, mashing them with kind of this art house, weird art house aesthetic. And that's essentially what he's doing here. So you can think of, I don't know, take Last House on the Left. If you want to go super extreme, take that idea, but it's done through a very, very artistic and weird lens. And it's, it's good. This is a really good movie. And it should be oh. seen. It should be available to be seen easier too. Did you like this better than Barbarian Sound Studio? I need to go back and recheck it. I think I'll still like Barbarian more, but this is probably more emotional. This is probably more of a character piece. So it's, it's, and it's got a, it's got a very, like, I'll tell you the last, the last 20 to 30 minutes of this movie is fascinating. Really, And it's not a very long movie. This is like a, I'd have to look it up again, but it's like an hour and 20 minutes, hour and 25. It's not a huge, it's like, you know, it's less than 90 minutes. So, so that is Catalan Varga. It is not available for rent or purchase. And you just gotta, I'm sure there are video platforms out there where you can just go typing in on Google on how to find it. And you might be led to that actual movie and you might be able to watch it for free. I, I suppose that's how it's going to go. If you have seen it or you are, you will see it or your reactions to Catalan Varga or any of these films, please hit us up and tell us what you think of any of the movies that we have recommended. Okay, so that is Catalan Varga. We are going to end the show with Bruce Perky's What's in the Box segment. Bruce, what do you have for us? Ayo, Eric. Ayo, Pete, drop that beat. Who's in the box? Oh, what's in the box? You lie! No! What's in the fucking box? All right, guys, we're back. And I apologize for Pete not dropping the beat. Thankfully, Eric Holmes reminded us that the beat continues. The beat lives on. Now, Bruce Perky, what you got for us for what's in the box? Well, we have uh, Andrew Martin's suggestion. Now, originally, you you had had given me sad eyes because you thought I was going to be stuck watching, uh, what was it? Uh, Scenes from a Marriage. (laughs) Scenes from a Marriage. Which I was perfectly willing to watch, but I don't have HBO Max. I don't have Criterion Channel. I was really, and it wasn't available to stream or purchase streaming on Amazon Prime. So mm-hmm. I went, reached out to Andrew Martin and said, hey, is there another one you would really like me to see instead? And he suggested I watch Paris, Texas by Vim Vendors. Now, I'm sure Greg thinks that's an equally horrible choice. <laughs> well, okay, before you start your review, I don't know if you guys know this. I interviewed Vim Vendors over the years a bunch of times. I actually had a nice interview several years ago for this documentary did called Salt of the Earth. FYI, very nice human being. That said, I, a close friend of mine said Paris, Texas is one of his all-time favorite movies. I know it's supposedly a really brilliant movie. There's some really memorable sequences. I still haven't gotten to it as of yet. I can't say that you would love it, but if you didn't like Wings of Desire, which I know you don't at all, you might have a chance with this. I wouldn't say it's <laughs> it's a, a fast-paced movie, so you still might be on the wrong end of it. But let me give you the basic concept of Paris, Texas. First of all, 1984. It is available on HBO Max and Criterion as well, but I could rent this on uh, Amazon Prime. You can rent it a lot of places. And it's a really high quality, um, you know, remastered uh, print and everything. So beginning of the movie, it's the desert on a border, on the border of Mexico and Texas. And you have Harry Dean Stanton walking through the desert with a empty, almost empty jug of water 
a red hat. He looks like he's been walking a while. He walks into a tiny town and he's not speaking or doing anything. And the little doc there finds a card, calls the number on the card. And it's um, Travis's brother, played by uh, Dean Stockwell, his brother, Walt. You know, Dean Stockwell. I think he's a suave motherfucker. Anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, he call, they call the number. It's his brother. And his brother comes out to, to get him and take him back to his house in California. So essentially in this movie, you have um, a double road trip, basically. You have a road trip from Texas to L.A., you have a sequence of for about 45 minutes in the middle that's in LA. And then you have a, a, another road trip back to Texas. And as you go, you slowly see Travis, the character of Travis, slowly coming out of whatever, I don't know, catatonia or amnesia or whatever he's been going through. And you start to slowly discover what has happened to him, what has happened to his wife and what has happened to his kid. And by the end of it, you have an incredible extended scene between him and Nastasia Kinski. I don't know if you're a fan of Nastasia Kinski from what Tess, yes. Cat People, a few things. There's a stunning sequence between those two, which is just a masterclass in acting, subtle acting. It's beautiful. Well, what do we, it, uh, so how to sell this movie? I mean, this is a character piece. This is a piece that really has those kind of grounded Americana where you are like, it's neon and desert towns and small hotels and dust and, you know, Harry Dean Stanton walking across an overpass on a freeway in LA while the airplanes are landing, like real airplanes are landing. You know, it's just scene after scene of things like that, that'll either bore you to death, possibly Greg, or, <laughs> or will really draw you in and make you feel like this is, you are just locked in to this character so that by the time that he comes more and more out of his shell and more and more of his story starts to unravel, you are fully invested by the last, I don't know, 35, 40 minutes of this movie. I, I think it's a really pretty fantastic movie. If you even like the idea of that actor and seeing him in a situation like that, it's worth checking out. And the cinematography is, I didn't look up the cinematographer. I'm sure it's a master cinematographer because it looks incredible. That movie Lucky or something starring Harry Dean Stanton, that was my favorite movie that year. So maybe I might have a... Maybe. I guess it would definitely probably tap in. Certain parts of it would definitely tap into those vibes. It's almost, it's weird because the first half, he's almost like a Rain Man sort of character. He's not, but he's almost that detached from the real world. Like he's almost mute for... In fact, I don't think he says a word for 30 minutes. It's Dean Stockwell losing his mind because it's almost like a rain man in that situation too. Like he's having to try to get him back to LA and dealing with it. Have you seen Movie. this one, Eric? No, I, I haven't. In fact, I was going to get it to it this week, but I didn't get to a lot of things this week. <laughs> yeah. Although I do want to see scenes from a marriage. I want to see this and I have until the, until the end of the world that's mm. just been sent. I might just do an impromptu director spotlight on, on next week's uh, show. <laughs> yeah. um, and, so, and I got to watch in the Heights cause it's, it's Andrew Martin. And I believe that's the rule. If he suggests it, I must watch it. So uh, I'm probably going to in the Heights tomorrow with my kid. Cause he wants to see it. So I'll probably right, see so it too. A little tease for next week, then Ben vendors and in the Heights <laughs> and then what, and then whatever else we got going on. Right. The person who shot Paris, Texas, his name is Rob, Robbie Muller. Uh, Muller, M-U-L-L-E-R. He passed in 2018. Here's a list of some of the movies that Robbie lensed. Again, he passed away in 2018. He shot 
Ghost Dog, The Way of the Samurai, Dancer in the Dark, okay? Breaking the Waves, Dead Man. Oh, the aforementioned Eric Holmes Blu-ray, Until the End of the World. He also shot that. Mystery Train, Barfly, Down by Law. Oh, and lastly, oh, I'm sorry, Eric, had to do this to you. In 1985, he shot a little Batman film and Robin. Called... Please say Batman and Robin. <laughs> no, I'm not going to say Batman and Robin. Oh, I'm going to no. actually make you go. No one's perfect. I'm going to, you know what? I'm, I'm going to actually make you go Gaia and actually go outside of your, your domicile and actually hump a tree because in 1985, Robbie Muller also shot To Live and Die in LA. So those are the movies. Yeah, see? Amazing. And of course, Bruce. Yeah your film paris texas this movie is is wonderful and as far as the look especially i mean i think you might think it's too long you might especially the la sequence you might be like okay i don't need as much of this but there's a reason it exists the way this movie looks you feel like you are in the corners of america and you're not in new york city you're not you're in these weird little corners that you don't see and it's just it's dazzling it's amazing Will Eric Holmes love it? I think Eric Holmes will, you know, it's hard to say because these longer, like slow movies, they can really, you have to be in the mood for them. You know what I mean? Like they don't always hit you. They don't always hit you. I think that he will definitely love parts of it. I think the stuff with him and Nastasky Kinski at the end is undeniably uh, brilliant. So Mm. even, even if you don't like the first half or uh, the middle third, the final third and some of the stuff between him and Nastasky Kinski is, is primo. Okay. I, I will say I am contractually obligated to love every movie Andrew Martin suggests. <laughs> Even if I hate it, I'll be like, I guess I'll take it in. <laughs> okay, so that is Paris, Texas, recommended by fellow podcaster Andrew Martin. And I'm just going to put this into ex- existence. Andrew watches movies should be coming to your pods very, very soon. Oh, yeah, I that. saw that. We saw on our Cinematics Facebook group, Andrew Martin laying down. Andrew, Andrew, if if you're listening, when I when I saw what you posted, I was so happy. You made me so happy. (laughs) It's like a hitman who hasn't done a job for a long time, and he's laying out at the pieces of his gun. they brought me back one more time (laughs) listeners uh, join our cinematics facebook group by the way i'll put a link the link is also always on our show notes if you're a member of our group me bruce eric we and a whole bunch more importantly a whole bunch of other people they they just wonderful cinephiles they give us recommendations on movies on a daily basis people like matt stillman william lindis joseph bridges the aforementioned andrew martin Angie Clark, just a great, great uh, network of people, cinephiles who give some really good, Chad Wilfong, you know, Jeff Bassett, all those people, really wonderful people in our group. Check us out. A lot of the people in our group also on a weekly basis give recommendations to Bruce Perky for his What's in the Box segment. Make sure you actually, if you want that, you, you just become a member of our group and then hit up Bruce for your weekly recommendation. Right now, Bruce Perky is going to open the latest What's in the Box pick. Hey, Bruce, what's on the box? What we got in the box? Is that birthday cake? Hey, you eating birthday? You better eat that birthday the, cake. What's in the box, the, Bruce? The turd. I don't know if the turd's coming yet. Let's see. Oh, no. <laughs> oh. Okay. This is the first selection we've gotten from a filmmaker that we've asked to put something into the box. I have a few of these hidden in here that are just floating around that have never popped up before. Justin G. Dyke, who made, oh, gosh, my brain. 
my brain's oh, losing it. Anything for anything for Jackson. Okay, good. Which oh. actually just came out on Blu-ray and DVD. If you haven't bought it, you should probably buy that buy that soon. I've been having that on the list and keep forgetting. This is a perfect. It, okay, I'll do oh. some Wim Wenders. I will get to anything for Jackson next week. <laughs> anything for Jackson. Well, when he was asked what to put in the box, he suggested a friend made by a friend of his or a movie made by a friend of his called Letters to Satan Claus. <laughs> <laughs> letters to satan Claus. it's a hellmark movie <laughs> nice wow so, i have no idea what i'm gonna watch but i'm gonna watch letters to satan Claus. letters to satan Claus, and also just on a double tip on that you do definitely highly recommend again like you said anything for jackson which is now on yeah. okay anything for jackson is a really cool and interesting concept and it's got yeah it's it's good Letters to Satan Claus. Here is a here is a plot synopsis straight from IMD Friggin B. Holly returns to her hometown to make a Christmas special before her promotion to a television anchorwoman. But first, she must face Satan Claus and horrible childhood memories of him. Okay. All oh, right. I don't know. I don't know. Fair but it's enough. the first one. We're getting on. Say, All right. Okay. That is cool. And you know what, Bruce, my fault on this, R- please throw in the recommendations. I hope you throw in the rec- recommendations of the Penny Black and in the future, maybe you can do the, do the tags as far as favorite movies. Oh, put, it's, put what's in, it's the box. in there. I threw it in there. The one we got today oh, from them. Very good. Very While good. They were talking. I was writing I, it down I, and rolling it up and putting when, it in the box. When you pause for like a second, I thought that was like, Oh shit. Okay. That's like, I, th- I thought you pulled the, the Penny Black recommendation. I was like, Dude, that's too perfect. <laughs> lie, I was thinking about that. That's, it, that's it just too perfect. No one's gonna believe. All right, so that is it. Check out. I mean, I, for me, like, check out the Penny Black. A guy is interesting. The birthday cake's interesting. Uh, Paris, Texas, right, Bruce and mm-hmm. uh, Eric? What you got? You got you got, and then Bo Burnham inside. If you like yeah. that kind of stuff, you have final thoughts, Eric? Before we get out of here? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> no, no final thoughts. No final thoughts. Uh, Andrew watches movies coming to you soon, hopefully. So, Very, that's a good uh, final. That, 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 there we go. That's a good final thought. Again, Bruce Berkey, you're going to lead us out. I would just say, if you want to add even more value to your, your evening, your weekend, why don't you go look up the uh, Saul Williams album, The Inevitable Rise and Liberation of Ziggy Stardust. But it isn't Ziggy Stardust. Oh, right. It's probably oh, something. Yeah, don't yeah. say that out loud. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you guys so much for listening and supporting us at Find Your Film. We will see you next week.